0: Like i i'm more into like white slacks white cotton sort of t-shirts or like just like linen. a linen shirt you know <laughs> yeah i'm so yeah. country road i'm so basically on so
1: white so basically like a bondi uh yeah president of uh, like a woman in her me yeah an interior designer <laughs> oh okay which i don't have oh uh, okay you can oh yeah there's not much you can watch on disney not not yeah. the that you would like we're talking about streaming guys this is jesse and this is
0: helen and we're asian bitches down under just chit chatting about the different the sort of um infinite number of streaming platforms there are these days
1: it's crazy and,
0: well i yeah i initially got binge several months ago to watch curb my partner's a big fan so we were watching all of curb their enthusiasm together yep And also Binge has great stuff, you know, obviously Succession, which, you know, I'm probably the only person left on the planet who hasn't seen it. (laughs) Um, You know, a lot of HBO shows are on Binge. But um, right now, actually, all we're seeing, All I I spend like $15 or whatever it is on Binge every month just on one single show, which I am absolutely will always be obsessed about. I will talk about it till the day I die, and that is Veep. What's that? Um, Oh Veep, V E E P. It's oh okay. Never heard of it. It's uh, Julianne, Julie, Julie, Julie. Oh my God, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Get your words together, mm-hmm. Jess. Uh, so obviously Elaine from Seinfeld, um, uh, and it okay. is a reimagining of uh, you know a female president basically. Um, a comedy. It's uh-huh. it's just like I am. Every time, like we basically watch an episode a day, and mm. um, every single time the show ends at the twenty-seven minute mark, it's around half an hour, sh- you know, episodes, which okay. is I, to my, I in my opinion, famous. the best length yeah. of any TV show. Nothing should be longer. Um, I always want to keep watching it. I always want to binge it, but it's like uh, it's just. I mean, after we finish the seven seasons, um, I'm going to go back and watch it again because it is just. It's like the feeling of Schitt's Creek leaves you. It's a comfort <laughs> space, you know. It is such a comforting space. I love Veep so much. I love it, like, desperately in, in the way that um, uh, for many reasons, probably mostly because um, it shows a very, like, unapologetic and very witty, clever woman who just is, like, very unapologetic about wanting power. Uh-huh. And I just find that extremely cathartic. As someone who is, you know, herself very ambitious, but not for, you know, power or other forms of power. I guess like cultural power, maybe I don't know. Like just, um, I, I have a lot to say, and I want to say it, you know, things like that. Um, and every every member of the cast is hilarious and lovable, and it's just the best. I, I wonder if you would like
1: it. I like the Elaine character from Seinfeld, but I don't. Uh-huh. I'm not a Sunfield fan. I watch a couple of I'm not really either, to be honest. growing up. But I always found her character. She's always been I, – I don't know if she has been purposely Julia Lewis – Oh, what's her last name? Drey, Dreyfus. Dreyfus. Dreyfus, yeah. Julia, Julie Louis Dreyfus. Um, oh, her name is impossible uh, to pronounce. Typecaster into that sort of – Career woman? Career woman and always – but she's like missing something. Like, oh, I I don't know. Missing a screw? Is that what you mean? That's right, missing a screw. Yeah. Really? The character of Elaine, that in the Sunfield, is also like, I have an image of her expression is like she's always dumbfound of something that she's late for or she's not doing that right. Um, I wonder if that's a similar character in Veep.
0: No, Um, no, not at all. She is the American president.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, she starts off
0: being the VP. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. You know. Hence the title of the show, Veep. But um. Yeah. I. I just. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot stop talking about how wonderful that show is. It is a few years old now. Uh, I'm not usually a fan of political dramas or any kind of politics. No, you're not. Content. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Never got into the West Wing. Will never apologize for that. Find it really exhausting to sit through a West Wing episode.
1: Um, This is a comedy.
0: Yes, this is a comedy. Yes.
1: Yeah, well, that's a different genre. It's
0: a workplace drama, basically, Mm -hmm. that centers around, you know, the most important job in the world. It's Mm -hmm. incredible. And I I can never stop, you know, talking about it. Um, But uh, now let's turn to you, Helen. You've been watching a show on Disney Plus.
1: Yes. Um, so this is a highly anticipated show. I think it was the beginning of uh, this year but it was really uh, highly discussed with in the Asian community mm-hmm. last year when the trailer first came out so this is called the Asian uh, sorry American born Chinese uh, in my house call, hall which is called ABC. <laughs> Uh, This is a television series on Disney Plus based on the 2006 graphic novel by the same title um, by this uh, cartoonist, I think, or graphic novel writer, Jin Lu Yang. So the show follows the story of teenage boy Jin Wang, the child of Taiwanese immigrants who is striving to figure out his identity and also navigating through high school life. Really? Taiwanese? Yes, it's Taiwanese. Then why is it called Chinese Born American? Well, I think they just kind of, you know, piled ethnic together because uh, the show the show does include the Chinese folk tale of the Monkey King, the right. Sun Wukong, yeah, and also the Journey to the West, you know, I'm sure that yeah. if you don't know as a Chinese, you know, you're not Chinese. <laughs> Yeah. You, <laughs> <Xiao Ding Dang. laughs> yeah, you haven't watched Shouting Down. you haven't watched Raimon in that episode. Um, so the show kind of takes the viewers on the journey of self-discovery, you know, being an Asian American, particularly uh, a boy, a male character
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the U.S., how he learns st- and the complexity of his cultural identities and the expectations of him by his parents uh, as an Asian American. Uh, and also there's another character who plays the son. So this is kind of like a reimagining of the Sun Wukong Monkey mm-hmm. King's, uh, story where that now this, uh, this narrative has a, a, a child, the, the Sun Wukong has a child and who is also a teenager and he arrives in the US mm-hmm. trying to find this, the fourth scroll which is um, something about the legends of uh, power that you can inherit from it. Um, Wei Chen, which is the son of Sun Wukong, is played by a Taiwanese actor, Jimmy yeah. Liu. Um, so he has a hidden identity being the son of Sun Wukong, the Monkey King. He kind of uh, arrives in the U.S. and plays this very different Character compared to Jing Wong, the typical stereotypical Asian American boy who is a bit more submissive, who is quiet, who is obedient, who's kind of quote
0: unquote nerdy.
1: A little bit. I don't know if they're trying to frame him as a nerdy person, but he, if you look at him in the first uh, episode, he will definitely remind you of like 90% of the Asian boys in our high school. Yeah. Quiet and, you know, always stands at the back and yeah, trying to try to accommodate the white majority of what they, you know, like whatever that the white classmates ask him to do, then he would do it. He's always saying yes and just, you know, obeying of what they whatever that mm. was given to him. Yeah. So I think there are a lot of different scenes that are exploited, uh throughout the TV series. So there's a lot of identity and prejudice because the this TV series uses like a juxtaposition of an 80s sitcom that they kind of make, that made up. You know, it's a fictional sitcom of the 80s that plays throughout the whole ABC uh, series. Uh, so this sitcom mocks the Chinese character, which is by, played by Qi Wei That
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: They were play uh, he, when something's wrong in in you know happened in the story he he would just like his punchline is oh is it what did he say he say oh what's what's wrong with this as in W O N G, you know Mm. that's the kind of racist trope that has been kind of built up in the early 80s uh, about uh, a very stereotypical uh, misrepresentation of Asians in the West and particularly mm-hmm. in Hollywood as well. So Kiwe Kong plays this character and later that you'll see how that develops throughout the whole series because um, to me, I think he's kind of used this opportunity of uh, a American-born Chinese to talk about his own real issues in Hollywood mm-hmm. how he's been kind of uh, abandoned, neglected by the Hollywood. Mm -hmm. and create it into a specific character you can never escape yeah so um i thought this uh series was very good we finished it this week and my younger daughter really enjoyed it oh that's nice Um, she she was she was really keen to uh find out about a lot of uh stories behind the chinese folklore like the sun wukong mm-hmm. you know the Niu Mo Wang, the bull demon and also the what, what do they translate into they translate to like a iron fan princess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of um dynamics about how to present the asian masculinity as well that Mm -hmm. um, I thought that they touched on was really uh, very, very clever. And obviously that there's a lot of um, Asian cast onto this series that I found (laughs) it's quite hilarious because they had James Hong appear, briefly Stephanie James Hong is in every single (laughs) movie. (laughs) He really is. Uh, Someone you don't really like, uh, Ronnie Chen, Ronnie Chang was in a couple Mm. of episodes and Oh Yan uh, yeah, in, of course. And, too, as
0: well. So a lot of the cast from Everything, Everywhere,
1: All at Once. Yes, yes. This is kind of like a regrouping of Everywhere, Yeah, Everything, every, Everywhere, All at Once. But the story kind of extended away from there, and it, it kind of opens door for more ideas. Hopefully for Asian American productions in the future as well, because I know mm-hmm. that it will extend into a second season because it has a cliff Hanna on the final episode really i hate when they do that so much <laughs> yeah but i really hope this is like a con- continuation for asian americans or asians in the west uh productions that is shifting pop culture of you know central that has had already always been centered in the whiteness of superhero genre into something different you know Um, I know that Miss Marvel, where the culture centered uh, Pakistani and Indian, Mm -hmm. last year, and I'm seeing slow seeing that the slow movement of the YN genre is diverging away from the white slash European uh, narratives, which is a good thing to see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um and speaking of that, um the the next the uh, Helen actually had to remind me which season we're up to. Never have I ever uh, dropped yes, their yes. latest season, is that right? Yes. I thought it was the third season, but Helen says it's the fourth season. I'm pretty
1: sure it's season four, yeah. Someone could I feel me.
0: like it's season three because I had a massive party for season
1: two. Uh-huh.
0: But you could you're probably right. You you're you're way more um cognizant of what's fell t- following TV <laughs> news than I am. Well,
1: yeah, okay, television
0: yeah. series because oh, yeah, I don't um, I don't watch many.
1: Yeah, four seasons. It's a fourth yeah. season. Incredible. So I'm, I'm assuming this is a final season because it's a, her final year of high school or something. Oh, like that. Well, yeah.
0: hopefully it will just continue forever until continue you know forever. she dies in her <laughs> eight nineties. Yeah. Follow her every
1: year throughout her life. I would love to see that. Yeah, never have I ever season four and. I think we'll talk about it next week. We'll come back and talk about it.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely watching it. I love that show so much. I have so much enthusiasm for it. Um, okay, so um, just, uh, I guess, um, before we talk about stuff and, you know, launch into our main topic, um wanted to give a shout-out to Helen at the Sydney R- Sydney Film oh, yes. Festival. So that's happening obviously if you're in Sydney go check out films a lot of them have been sold out um but um, there's still a couple of tickets left um Helen will be um translating interpreting
1: for yes the director working next Monday which is the what do they call now the king's birthday or monarchy's birthday where we Yeah,
0: who cares? public it's holiday. Used public be- holiday. That's all we care about. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so next Monday Gaga uh which is a Taiwanese indigenous film that will be screening in Newtown's Dandy, Den- I believe it's Dandy. Yes. Yeah, that's the only cinema that I can remember about that in Newtown. Yeah, um, so director Lahao Mao, I don't want to mispronounce the name, Lahao Mabel. yes, Lahao Mabel. Well, how do you
0: say it in, why can't you just say it in Chinese?
1: Oh, she has a Chinese name, but her um, description on her presence is with her Indigenous name. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. And then, so how do you say it? and her indigenous name is Lahao Mabel. Uh, yeah, you Georgia should say that. Yeah, you should say that. Um, well, she will be speaking Chinese, so thankfully, because mm-hmm. I don't know anything of.
0: I don't know uh, any. Who of, knows? Or, only only those people favorite. would know, right? Yeah. Indigenous that that part of indigenous tribal Taiwan. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So Taiazu <laughs> Ta Taia. That's uh, her tribe. Uh, she, that, well, anyway, so she will be presenting her film on. Next Monday, which is 3.30, um, look up Sydney Film Festival. Uh, if we, if I remember, I'll put it onto our show notes as well. And come and see the film called Gaga, and I'll be there on Monday afternoon. Hopefully, I'll see you, <laughs> anyone
0: who Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, well, I wanted to just say to this week I had the privilege of going on the uh ABC RN's The Bookshelf, which is
2: mm-hmm.
0: um a radio show, a weekly radio show that interview um has interviews with writers, and then they basically the two hosts, um Cassie McCullough and Kate Evans, they uh review books. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun. Like this is the first I've been on the two times prior, and this is my third time and um it was the first time I got to go into the ABC Ultimo studios. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, and well because we've been, you know, working remotely the past Yeah, exactly. Time, so. um
0: covid and um and it was so much fun because um I love being in recording studios like podcast studios like that it's it's all very exciting Mm. um to have you know a tech sound guy it's all and it's always a guy um you know (laughs) mic check you and all that ask you what you have for breakfast shit like that um but it was so much fun because I got to see the two hosts in person and chat to them and they're both extremely lovely women Mm -hmm. but um most of all um I had a lot of fun because of um because I got to meet a for the first time Someone who is now a very dear friend, um, and I only met her on like two days ago, and mm-hmm. she's a debut novelist. Her name is uh, Madeline Gray, and she has a book out coming um, in October, nice, um, called Green Dot with Alan and Anwen. And um, she is just um, one of the most. You know, when you meet someone and you're just like, I love, I love you, you're just immediately, clean. yeah, yeah. It. I, I was just enjoy. like. I really like you immediately. So anyway, I had the privilege of, you know, becoming associated with Madeleine Gray, um, whose book I'll be very highly anticipating when it comes out. Um, and uh, uh, the book I had the privilege of talking about is Laurie Moore's um, novel, latest novel, I'm Homeless If This Is Not My Home um and it was fun like uh i it's a ghost story it's kind of like a mix between oh, lincoln yeah. and the bardo and the seven moons of malia ma ma, 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 ma. whatever that name is i'll never get it right just because i wasn't super enthusiastic about the book either um but yeah ghost stories corpse coming out alive and having interactions with uh, people who are still alive mm-hmm. i have zero time for those kind of stories i have no imagination mm. i don't like fantasy so i don't, don't like, like- I just don't like anything that's not real. I'm I, I have the worst imagination. Um I'm I'm very like uh I only read about re- realism stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um but this one, I mean it's Laurie Moore, so how could you not love it, you know? Um she's a genius. Um she's a genius word words person, wordsmith. And I'm trying to think of yeah. another she was just a yeah, so anyway, I, I had the privilege of talking about that. So that's the book I've been reading this week and finished. Um and uh guess what my so i um maddie actually went on to talk about um a a debut novel called um sad girl novel which is um so funny because that day i was assigned that book to review for the um herald in my job as a book and also guess what the other book i was given what yellow face Oh, uh, oh, my God, you already got Yellow I know, face. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. That is exactly the book I wanted, and my editor um, gave this for me to review. So I'm very lucky. So I'm I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll pass it on to you after I read it.
1: Uh-huh. I think Yellow Face has been, like, all over everywhere in the… Exactly. It's been Asian, everywhere. Asian literature world yeah. of the West. Yeah. You know,
0: everyone's yeah. talking about it. Yeah, yeah. R.H. Yeah. Um, Quang. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh-huh. Because, um, um, you know how she's known as R.H. Kwong, uh, uh-huh. when she wrote Babel, okay? So, R.H. Kwong, so she initialized her name when she wrote a sci fi fantasy book, and well, see, um, you have
1: to do that, we all know, and that.
0: yeah. And do you know what? She, in uh, in the copy of Yellow Face, I have she's known as Rebecca Kwong, uh-huh. so it's like in literature, like capital R, capital L, um, women get to write using their first names like right. they they allow to be gendered whereas like with sci-fi and fantasy it's like oh we better hide her gender we better yeah. make it obscure yeah, yeah. We all know it's absolutely reason. sexist fan so yeah. sexist
1: because you you're you no, you're you actually would notice that a lot of sci-fi works that has you know uh, only the initials yeah writers because women are, know, are
0: yeah you know and, and you know the uh, let's be clear ladies and gentlemen and non-binary folks the only reason they do that is so that um, men they can sell yeah exactly so no men uh, men men buy books because men don't buy books written by women mm-hmm. unless they're gay or queer men who are the only kind of men i love to be honest yeah. <laughs> hands down
1: <laughs> yeah that's very true they're for my partner <laughs> I wonder what about uh, A Little Life? I mean, it's not a sci-fi. You know, it's a no, drama. it's capital L Literature. Yeah, Literature. And yes.
0: I don't know any straight men who have read that. But also, I don't know many straight men. <laughs> mm.
1: That's very true. Yeah, A Little Life. I haven't come across with any straight men who has read that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Why you said that? Yeah. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we want to dive into our uh, topics of the week. We'll be looking at something that color. This idea of color, yeah, like the different beige different flag.
0: Various. We're talking about the trend of the beige flag, obviously, guys, and also um, my um, session going to a colorist.
1: Yeah, color consult- consultation. Color consultant. Yeah, yeah exactly. I thought that yeah. will happen. Okay, we'll be right back. Hi there. If you're new to our show, thanks for tuning in into our program, and we hope you will stay with us for a very long time. And if you are a regular listener, we're forever grateful for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. It has really helped this podcast to gain a great exposure as our mission is to center the perspectives of people who look like us, who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple, Google or Spotify and leave a rating and review. And of course, as a small podcast program, we rely on listeners' support to continue this work. Please do check out our Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation in order for us to continue and advocate the intersectionality in the podcast industry.
0: Okay, so we're back. Um, This is something that I've been wanting to talk to you guys for about for a couple of months because I um, basically went to a colorist uh, back in March um, with my other sister as a gift. Um, So um, Helen actually uh, brought my attention to this colorist. um, Jenny Park is her name. She's the founder of the studio Piona. I think Mm -hmm. that's how you say it. Yeah um and basically it um she is a color consultant so in south korea where jenny is um originally from
2: mm-hmm.
0: i guess her parents were born there i'm not sure about her Um, it's a huge thing like uh color consultants are um uh, uh as popular as like stylists and uh, jenny told me when we went to the session that um often corporate corporate um Corporate uh, events often hire like colorists um, to do for their clients, you know, as like a half hour consultation, you know, kind of like the way that, um, you know, when you go to um, conferences, they'll have booths and the booths will show and, you know, allow their employees to do some wacky, wild, cool stuff. Or get their hair done, or something like that. So, um, uh, in South Korea, um, every, a lot, you know, we we know what the reality of South Korea is in terms of, you know, their obsession, absolute obsession with like being aesthetically yes. beautiful. Yes. beautiful. Yeah, 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 it's 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 yeah. pretty toxic. Let's let's not um, you know, beat around the bush about that. Um, but anyway, uh, there's a huge culture of embracing sort of beauty beauty and um, cosmetic sort of um, aesthetic um maintenance, I guess, in South Korea. And um Jenny Park, I believe, um, is um the first sort of like Asian focused. Well she's the she's she's Asian obviously, but she focuses mainly on Asian people. Um Asian she says clients. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not not any for any reason. She just says she just gets a lot of Asian clients. Um I personally only wanna go see like the older I get the more I only want to use Asian women to, when it comes to like, you know, pulling out my pubic hair yeah. or, which <laughs> I don't services? do. Wow. I just like had to make, <laughs> proudly say that. Um, um, also, uh, yeah. Or like doing my hair, you know, or makeup, like Asian women all the way, you know. Um, they know uh, the way. <laughs> yeah. But also uh, mentioning pubic hair, um, <laughs> Laurie Moore has this great line in her book, in her latest book, where she says, like, she reckons that um, Brazilian waxing or waxing of any kind of the pubes mm. is like a pre, it's like a predilection, a pre, sort of like a. Oh, what did she say? She's like, it's a um, um, pre tendency or like a tendency towards um, pedophilia. Oh yeah, predilection I towards so. pedophilia. I so. agree and I was just like, that's like so are fucking you,
1: true. you were wanting to hairless is associated with youth yeah exactly pre-puberty yeah. isn't it yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. so
0: women that. out there if your boyfriends or any jackass who's asking you to shave your pubes like or wax just uh, yeah just like accuse them of Think being a it. pedophile <laughs> <laughs> who even shave i don't know any like none of my female friends shaves i don't shave my underarm. my my underarm is a bush I'm glad. Li- I'm I'll, I'll be glad to tell everyone. I don't shave doing Yeah, who hours. shaves?
2: No one shaves, shaves? Through
0: winter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know people do like laser hair removal. I know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. whenever I see whenever I see a woman without um without like when when I go to yoga every day, I'm a yoga fanatic right. So when I go to yoga class and I like and uh, see the women raise their arms and I see like hairless. Apparently
1: can out their under <laughs> under arms.
0: Underarm. I just always think you made an effort to carve yourself in a particular way, mm. um, and you made an effort to follow rules prescribed to you by men, basically. Mm. So I'm like, well, it's hard yeah. to.
1: I think it's hard to unlearn those behaviors. It's been, you know, ingrained in the culture in the society for hundreds of years. Mm. Hard to unlearn un- those behaviors and those concepts, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same with makeup. It's the same with uh, having certain body shape. Yeah. 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 I <laughs> derailed our conversation. Yeah. So but
0: coming back I'm to saying, Jenny yeah. Parks um, Studio Piona, um, so I wanted to tell listeners and Helen about what what happened in this um, consultation. So I think yeah, it was three hours long. I, I did it with my sister, so that's why it was three hours long. I think if you go to, um, by yourself as an individual individual, it's about 90 minutes long or s- mm-hmm. I think there are the shorter sessions. But anyway, um, they're not cheap. They, they, uh, but, but the thing is like I, 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 the thing that's special about Jenny is she's booked out months ahead. She's extremely popular. Mm-hmm. which just says a lot about, like, how a lot of Asian women in Sydney, at least, I know this because we live in Sydney, um, are so desperate for, like, Knowing professional Asian, color. yeah, beauty, um, I guess, service providers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happens was um, when you go in, J- Jenny basically looks at, um, she looks at the tone of your um, skin colour and then matches um, the sort of tone of your skin color and the shade of it mm-hmm. um, to different colors. Um, so she tells you what kind of um, what color suits your um, skin. So what kind of color to buy clothes for, basically. Um, so she puts patches of different colors like next to your skin to have a look, and she sits you in front of a um, sort of like a um, vanity where you know the uh, where a performer goes to do their makeup before going on stage you know there's a lot of light the lights yeah yeah and and then you see like you see the way in which she shows you which colors are flattering to you and which actually make you a bit like oh look like you're sick yeah so she put um patches of color against me and some colors like brown and black actually created shadows because of because my, my jaw is, like, quite square. And so it's just the way in which colours fall across your sh- the shape of your face and also the colour of your skin. And there were, like, bigger shadows that were cast when I wore dark colours, like dark wintry colours, like deep shades of black, brown or, like, deep blue. Yes. And then um she would put like um really light colors next to me and then it was like my face changed, it was much more lighter, it looked it made my face look smaller, like it 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 made me not look sick. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, wow, this is incredible. I wish I had this when I was like 18, you know, because obviously I've been dressing wrong for the last 15 years of my life. Um and what I discovered with my sister was that um I thought my sister and I had different color skin tones. So what we discovered was that my sister, um the other sister, she's actually darker skinned. And so um her colors were like deep wintry colors, mm-hmm. which is usually what I wear. And and my colors are um pastels, so light brown, so light purple, light pink, kind of like Barbie doll kind of colors, like feminine colors. Mm-hmm. And so we were surprised by that cuz Lisa my other sister and I we dress very differently she's way more feminine and whereas I'm more just like boyish and so like um we thought oh, after the consultation we might do a um you know wardrobe exchange good, yeah, we, yeah okay, which really didn't happen mm-hmm. which didn't really happen she just basically gave me a couple of her pastel colored clothes mm-hmm. and then I didn't give her anything of mine because <laughs> she said that she didn't want it she said <laughs> that she just had too many clothes anyway so she was doing a cull um well, but also like, what tried on
1: those uh the clothes that you knew you know
0: what had. yeah um i i haven't I, I have been more conscious about what i put on um i i have i've noticed i've become more country road uh, adjacent as i get older Living in Bondi with her uh, uh, graphic designer artist. No, actually, with her musician boyfriend who surfs and has a beard and a ponytail. Obviously, yeah. And we have a pet poodle. Um, yeah. So that's me. Uh, uh, but also, what Jenny does is she'll look at um, the color um, of your skin and give you the makeup shade that mm-hmm. suits you. Which you know I've always struggled with. So I was able to find. She's able to tell me which you know color of Maybelline foundation I suit. Yes, nice. and then uh, yeah and then finally she looks at um the jewelry that suits you the color and she only gave us two options silver or gold both of us suited silver mm-hmm. um i was thinking perhaps it's because like it's a more youthful color i don't know mm-hmm. and finally she looked at um the hair tones so she was like if you wanted to dye your hair a different color what would match you oh. um and uh apparently i could pull off a uh platinum blonde
1: oh are you gonna give it a try
0: no, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't justify spending two yeah, thousand dollars on five, looking five, more six. white. You know, <laughs> I'll just feel bad <laughs> about myself. Yeah, even <laughs> though I would love to look like Geo Tolentino and just be Geo Tolentino, I just can't make myself do that. You know, mm. Geo Tolentino is obviously someone I always talk about, and she's like got long. She's now, She's spent most of her uh, life in the public eye up until recently with short blonde hair, which she t- touches up. She's talking, she's talked about this on numerous interviews. She touches up her hair every six weeks or something like that. And, you know, the reality is that it's really expensive. And I just, I really like my black hair, you know, and I do have a blonde wig that I put on when just for fun. Just um, as in like once a year, just to, you know, or dress up parties. And the other day I was trying it on. And right. I, go, I just don't I, – I really – every time I take off my blonde wig, I really prefer my black hair. I really no. like my black hair. Mm. I just look more normal,
1: you know. Yeah, I, I guess everyone's perspectives about how you look differs. Yeah. How, how the environment impacts you, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't <sighs> – I don't know if I want to go into one of these colour consultations because I'll come out and still wear the things that I'm wearing there right now. Do you know what, Helen? Do you know what? That is exactly what happened to me. I thought I, I after
0: I came out of Jenny's session, I was, like, really enthusiastic about going to Kmart. I mean, that's the only place I shop because that's the only affordable place to shop in Sydney. Uh, I i like, I'm really excited about going to Kmart and getting, like, you know, like pastel colored clothes. Oh, and I never did that. I never did that until two days ago when I went to came out to get like a light blue colored sweater, yes. which Helen complimented to me about when we went to eat some Korean food. Strange. Yeah, I
1: never saw you wearing that color. Exactly,
0: color. yeah. I'm I'm a really basic um, sort of Melbourneianesque esque um, dresser. Like I usually wear black or gray. Yeah, and so, yeah, um, so that is... My summary of you know, um, and we'll put a link to Jenny's um, Instagram page. Yeah, uh, a,
1: interesting color. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I I'll do like just remain myself in the sphere of greenness. Yeah, Helen is obsessed with green. Helen <laughs> obsessed with green. The only thing that I'll get is probably green. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's move on to our next topic, which is quite I don't know if I should call it interesting. It's a very I want to say useful sort of concept, but then when mm-hmm. I look into it, it seems like people who are in a long-term relationship, uh, talks about it as well. Okay. So recently the TikTok users started a trend called the beige flag, which refers to a quality of a person that is neither bad or good, but makes you stop for a second when you notice it and then continue on. So perhaps it's something odd out of the social norm, but not really considered as a bad behavior, like not a red flag. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, a strange. So do you want to give us some examples? Okay. So the ones that I saw on TikTok are something like uh, having an opinion about pineapple on pizza you know or referencing mainstream sitcom some people regard it as boring you know the the characteristic of b- being boring or using puppies to mask m- mask their true personality uh, mentioning the love of excel spreadsheet i don't know why
0: i think it's inter- i think it's worth also pointing out that often these tiktok um almost all of these tiktok ums are made by women right they talk women yeah, yeah. And, they, adults, and they always start with my boyfriend my yes. boyfriend says flag is yeah and well. it's always very um kind of like um it's always very boasting about the fact that you have a boyfriend and something mm-hmm. about a tick that you that you find not really annoying but just interesting about your boyfriend the one that i really found like the one that i really found sort of stupid was like um, one woman was like, my boyfriend, um, doesn't ask any, doesn't ask people any questions. So she'll be like, she said something like, um, her boyfriend comes home and says, um, her, be- his best friend broke up with his girlfriend and then she'll ask him why. And he'll be like, I didn't ask. Or like <laughs> her boyfriend will come home and says, oh, my sister got a new job. And then she would I'd be like, oh, what's the new job? And he'll be like, I didn't ask. Ah, uh, so he I was like, received- um
1: continue My, on the conversation it's hard to continue a conversation with him
0: well her the the i think her beige flag for her boyfriend is just like um he doesn't ask any questions of anyone which i, I was just like uh your boyfriend is just an, extremely anti-social and uninteresting because he's uninterested in anyone else or he's not curious mm-hmm. but then i was like i thought about it but then i was like oh uh, maybe he's just like polite yeah. maybe he doesn't want to ask about you know yeah. but then wouldn't you want to know what your sister's new job is? You know, mm-hmm. I know it's weird.
1: There are a couple of elements with this idea of beige flag, because it started it initially started as a like a online dating. When you see someone's online dating profile, mm-hmm. if it looks boring, then that's a beige flag. Oh right. And again, okay. who decides what is boring? You know, one may consider that's boring. Another one maybe you're in sync with someone who loves excel and you don't think well i common.
0: i think what they mean by boring is just like common right so if you yeah, on your mainstream. dating app you say you like walks on the beach and coffee i think that's pretty boring in the sense that it's just common right
1: yeah yeah uh-huh and also um it reminded me of um how if you look at i, I don't know if it's a negative or a positive thing because. Mm-hmm people with beige flags it seems like they're genuine and true to themselves when they're with their partner it's a it's almost like a little quirk that makes them stand out but then again it's not stand out again because the ones that i read it's like um to me it feels like they their partner is signifying that i'm comfortable around you that's why i can do this mm-hmm. to, to express myself uh, one of the guys was saying that oh uh the beige flag my my girlfriend has is that she has an inbuilt gps in her brain but she couldn't tell left to right as in when you're asking her to turn left or right am i like okay that's kind of like a sort of like i don't know if it's a deficiency of the neural system because i have Mm. i i know that some people they couldn't tell their left to right. I think that's some of the. Difference. I sometimes do that, or sometimes
0: when yeah. I ask, um, when I give directions to um, someone who is driving and I'm in the passenger seat, I sometimes find myself saying left when I mean right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that mm. when you can't discern, you know, left and right, I think I I don't know if that's a deficiency. It's just a, mm. whether or not that's a common thing. I I don't know. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. So there are men who also make base yeah, like, TikToks men. about their girlfriend. Oh, yeah, okay. The only, seen, not, right, yeah. Much, yeah. the only ones I've seen, The only ones I've seen are women talking about, yeah. yeah, women, and they all start with my boyfriend, which, no. like, for me, is like ninety-nine percent of the time I just switch off. Anyone who starts, a, <laughs> uh, anyone who starts a sentence with my boyfriend, you've lost me. Mm. I'm so uninterested in your boyfriend.
1: Uh, to me, it it almost like that. Um, that it's another way to complain about your partner or pick some like little negativities about your I
0: know partner. that's the kind of like, initial thought I had which I thought nice, was just so
1: in a good way you know yeah yeah it's, which it's I thought isn't
0: yeah uh, the other um tiktok that was um kind of trending was like the, um the beige flag tiktok was uh, my pa- my partner my boyfriend's tick um beige flag is it, when he gets impatient at a restaurant he goes and takes a plate off and helps the waiter yeah
1: Yeah, so like
0: yeah i I was like uh isn't that just rude just let the waiter do their job kind of thing i don't know um but yeah any kind of um any kind of boasting about your partner which is basically what this TikTok is it's boasting about the fact that you have a partner i just like i'm so disinterested like give me a wall to stare at instead of reading these (laughs) stupid women Sorry, I shouldn't say stupid women, but just these bored women who, you know, boasting about their boyfriends. I I do not care about your boyfriend.
1: It's funny that some of the ones that I read, I saw that, okay, that's kind of like a red flag to me. But if you like what, tell me, tell me. Okay. So there was one I saw was uh, a woman saying, talking about her boyfriend, obviously, um, that he put he wouldn't put his phone into mute overnight because if oh yes he's gonna miss yep. the alarm in the yep, yep. yeah yeah so yeah she will, she why is that dangerous up. then she will wake up several times because of the notifications and into the phone i'm like this is a red flag sister it's like his behavior is interrupting your sleep and you think yeah. it's like a beige flag yeah yeah, but yeah. I, I will tell him explain to him that you will still get your alarm in the morning if you turn your phone into mute it's like yeah literally irrational
0: yeah 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 i agree i agree with you yeah when it encroaches on someone's life like in that way yeah that's Um, disrespectful
1: yeah i guess you know people's boundaries are different yeah different exactly um i did read something about um not partners but friends um Mm -hmm. Beige flag, You know, being late or being something quirky, but I can't remember on top of my head right now, but um, a little beige flag within friendships that you think you can, yeah. like you think it's, um, it's a bit, you know, like it's close into your boundary. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not over the boundary yet. Yeah. 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 Anything that you can think of. I I think um
0: I think I'm just not generally a fan of someone who likes to excavate their relationships, you know. Mm. Um And I find like this trend is just trying to nitpick at relationships.
2: Uh-huh.
0: I'm not for that. The, I don't go around trying to figure out what to criticize about my relationships with my friends and my you know mm. my um, partner. So I'm just like I can't think of one off the top of my head just because I'm not into nitpicking you know and i'm not saying this is a form of nitpicking but in a way it is you know
2: yeah
0: it's just like um all relationships are complicated and complex and this is just a trend on tiktok it's flattening something that's really you know it's it's basically this is what tiktok is right it's the most um superficial and um flat sort of way of communicating or negotiating human relationships and, you know, um, of being on the internet. And that's why I just, like, I can't imagine being on TikTok. And this is a TikTok trend because it um, compresses something so complicated like human relationships, the most complex, unknowable, unknowable oblique thing that we will ever go through in life and flattens it into something like, oh, we can nitpick one or two of these things. My boyfriend does this. My girlfriend, you know, it's know, just I'm so not, yeah, I'm like I'm so disinterested in doing that.
1: But I found it interesting that how it is becoming a trend and then when you see or read the comments that it opens up another whole another world about how people perceive that certain behavior. Like for example, what right. I just said that, you know, that behavior that the woman regards as a beige flag and then to me yeah. it's a red flag. I know. I, I also would say, would say um it's different about their own
0: boundaries. Exactly. The guy who um goes and helps himself to the plate at the restaurant mm-hmm. I would I would say I would see that as a massive red flag.
2: yeah I know
0: it's like encroaching on someone else's job like you're like there's an unspoken rule that when you go to a cafe or a restaurant, you sit down um, that you play the part of a good civil um, customer oh,
2: yeah. you know
0: and you sit there and you wait for your meal. you don't go and do someone else's job. like how rude like if I, I would find that yeah. deeply embarrassing if my partner did that, I would be like, what the hell are you doing?
1: It's also like a sign for something else as well. What do you think? controlling? Yeah, controlling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, okay. See, that opens up a totally different conversation. Yeah, exactly. In the next extension of the you know relationship, wise. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? No. Um, we look forward to um, seeing you know
0: more of more films from the Sydney Film Festival um check it out guys if you're around um sydney uh and uh yeah it's uh monarchy's long week it's a public holiday this weekend so <laughs> queen's birthday lot of a okay, lot of things whatever. to do
1: yeah exactly <laughs> okay that's the end of our episode remember to subscribe to our podcast on spotify google and apple and give us a five star rating if you would like to support what we do here at Asian Bitches Down Under, head to Buy Me Copy page to make a donation for us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry. So that's it from us this week and we'll chat to you next time. Bye. Bye.